you, everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef program from the Creators of Read and Weep. I am Alex in Los Angeles with Megan. Hey, Megan. Hello. And we are joined today as well by Ez and Sarah and Frozen 2 again in Northern California. One more time into the unknown, friends. Yeah. <laughs> I assume for you it's the very known. <laughs> I know all of this. Um, also joining us uh, from Brooklyn, it's Chris and Tanya. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. What's up? And rounding out our full panel for a record 13 episodes in a row. Welcome back in Northern, or also, also in Southern California, New Sarah and Kyle. Hey, we're just out here lost in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, so much to talk about, you guys, despite it being a one challenge day. So we're talking about season 17, episode 13 of Top Chef, the penultimate episode of the All-Stars season. But first, a travel day. Where yeah. before are cooking, all of our chefs take take a a car from uh, Tuscany down to Parma. Did to did the car out. talk to them? I, I I didn't catch that part of it. You didn't feel marketed to sufficiently yeah, during the like, driving. What is this? Is this is this Volt's friend or not? I didn't I didn't actually understand. <laughs> I think um, in Italy, all the marketing has been San Pellegrino. Powered by bubbles. They yeah. went all the way to Parma. And Peroni, which is owned by San Pellegrino. Yeah. So it was really the bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had their, yeah. Oh, I guess they didn't they didn't get their Michelin star buddy until they arrived. Sorry. Yeah. I was thinking they were having car chat with him, but that was once they were in uh, the car. Oh, he was so cute. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> also a San Pellegrino product. Um, so yeah, so they go down to uh, Parma and they get a day of touring Parma um, with Chef Lorenzo Cogo, um, who is the youngest chef to ever be awarded Michelin star in Italy at 25. Oof. Does it annoy you guys to think of a 25-year-old being successful the way it does no. me? No. no, because I understand like that You're is to the exclusion people. of a lot of other things in his life. Like he is... Yeah, no kidding. He is hella focused on that one thing and that means that conversationally things might be a little weird yeah he might be essay <laughs> question guy where he's just waiting <laughs> to talk about chefing yeah I, or, when they described him uh they said like he's the youngest chef to ever get a michelin star and he's running italy's new program infusion and i couldn't shake the feeling that he was like secretly a supervillain because oh, like that's oh, yeah that's Where, always the front it, it, you see the sign for infusion it's like i dot n dot f dot and it's like <laughs> yeah, some acronym okay. creepy. like well everyone thinks this is about infusions but it's not <laughs> yes he's he's putting chemicals into the pasta that yeah just, oh my gosh all right now this is getting into covid double turns out infusion is people yeah. <laughs> he is uh chef lorenzo is a third generation restaurateur also so i yeah. think that helps with your focus on your dream yes and he'd does. like worked in michelin star restaurants in at least four countries before he was 25 when he was working oh, yeah. did he just so feel like a quarter of the star from each of them on his way out yeah it could be he, <laughs> he just like cause he, if you break off one of the five points yeah. no one will notice <laughs> how many points are really in a star no one knows <laughs> um but he did seem like he seemed neat. And also it was like I forgot because he was just like a neat dude. And then they started talking about his dishes and I had forgotten that he was a Michelin star chef. And it was like, oh, this is actually really good conversation for them. This yes. Like solid prep. Yes. Uh, Qu- quick question uh, for, for the round for the table. What is the thing that you wish you had achieved by the time you're 25? Oh, this is rude. Just, just a quick question. <laughs> Let's get into yeah, it, everyone, your Just, a, just a quick Top Chef related question that won't I devolve would... into tears. That's okay, not well, what you come to me for. I wanted to be six too. <laughs> okay. And I did, did want to dunk a basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did say a height. <laughs> I was just trying to make it something fast that wouldn't involve a lot of um, deep personal personal things, but I would yeah. like to have been six two. Well, you're and six one. Done. You're pretty darn close. Yeah, and no, that's why I feel like I could have done it. It was like yeah. achievable. <laughs> Bigger uh, shoots yeah. by twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting lifts before you were twenty five was it's your hard big to dunk goal. in lifts. I'd really like to be six two just in normal shoes. But how do you feel about a male kitten heel? <laughs> or the go go um, gadget like springy things? Oh that yeah, that I'm very into. Okay, uh, so basically, this problem is very solvable. Yeah. Yeah, well, but like I Nickelodeon well, yeah, you guys came along 10 years too late. Where were you when I needed you? <laughs> yeah. You just needed Tom Cruise's shoe guy, and you would have been fine. <laughs> um, His so name is the, Tom Shoes, by the way. 
<laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, the, the chefs, uh, along with Chef Lorenzo, visit, um, they visit, most importantly, a Parmesan Reggiano factory in Parma, as well as a Prosciutto de Parma producer in Parma. Um, can, I, can I make one comment? This is actually on topic. Um, on, on factory tours? Uh-huh. Sure. So yes. I think Kevin made a huge mistake by not having a beard net. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Disgusting. disgusting. I, I've been on a lot of factory tours, and they always make me have a beard net. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe that says something about your beard versus Kevin's beard. And yeah, maybe he's better attached. You know, the My... beard dome and have a beard off. <laughs> and we're not covering any of that because it's not Top Chef related anymore. Chef, <laughs> uh, not Top Beard. <laughs> I be. did love the machine where you put your feet in and they come out with fresh shoes. The shoe oh, covering oh, machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the little, the, the booty maker. Yeah, the booty That's maker. That's what it's called. <laughs> The booty maker. Booty maker I wish you had a booty maker for your beard. That would, if you just put your face in it, and he came up. Beard, with your beardy beard. maker. Yeah. Um, have a it, beardy so, booty. Last, I'm so sorry. Last week I made the uh, the mistake of assuming that um, none of you had been to the place they were cooking, and you all had. So, uh, have you all been to Parma as well? No, not dog. No. no. Well, interesting. Here's, here's something I just learned too. Parma is the region. That specific Itali- uh, Parmesan place is in Calecchio, Parma. What? How did that not come up? You don't think the EP was picking locations? Come on. <laughs> oh, I didn't, this wasn't in Voltaggio. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Is Voltaggio also a city? Didn't he say that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a re- I thought it was a region. Oh, well, okay. a, I don't know. I the, the it's a place you can get weather for, so it's not a region. It's a city. Oh, Sorry. right, right, I just right. realized because it was they're like, whoa, what's the weather in Voltaggio? Gracias. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's a province. It's, it's, it's a oh province. no, it's it's like a town. It's like a town. well. Anyway, so um, state of mind, Christopher. <laughs> yeah, sure. What's a feeling? Parma kind of a fun. Um, I love a factory tour. So those both seemed like well, less the ham one, but the, especially the cheese one seemed fun. Big, big, tall piles. Yeah, because you got to see the process. I mean, the yeah. the ham was just like, well, it's been sit- hanging here for about fifteen years. So right, uh, the process <laughs> is mostly ignoring. Yeah, that's your job. I, I loved how that in both cases they talked about fresh parmesan and fresh prosciutto, but like, what makes it fresh exactly? Good what point. It? Yeah, it is. It, both are aged salted Straight products. Straight out of the cow. That's but I think, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think obviously what they mean is like as as close to the factory as possible. You know, with little time like sitting out of being in a preserved state. Well, like I feel I, like. It makes sense for the Parmesan, but for the prosciutto, it seems like as long as you haven't cut into it, it's just getting better. Like it's just getting older and aging more. So like I, I feel it's like you want to eat it as soon as you start cutting into it, which is hard since it's a big ham hock. But like with the Parmesan, it makes sense because you have the big wheel and like you want that first scoop off the wheel. Yeah. Are any of you guys also upset by how much this ham is achieved by the time it's 25? I mean, we I need think to that's stop. not a trade-off that you really want to make on the whole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a, a dead piece of pork that's yeah. been hanging in a room for 25 years. I feel years. like at the, you, you, it feels like you're looking for 25-year-old things to feel inferior to. Like, I feel like at this point, if we were like, and then there was this 25-year-old table in the corner of the room, and I was I, like, oh, that <laughs> table got on TV by the time it was 25. Yeah, where there yeah. was that uh, you know, 700-year-old cellar. What do you think you'll achieve by the year 700? <laughs> well, but see, 700 is like, oh, I still got a chance. I don't have to, I don't, there's no reason to give up. I still could do, I could become a, a basement by the time I'm 700. <laughs> I think we'll all be basements when we're 700. But when I see somebody like, even just like a supervisor at Starbucks, it's like, oh, man. Alex, the, uh, the movie Waterworld is 25 years old now. Do you want to be that? I kind of wish I was Waterworld. Yeah, that was cool. I'll see if I can make that. Like a notable box office bomb. Is that that's what we're (laughs) casting about for at this time? Appreciated later in its life. No, that was it. It's a very successful stunt show. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Oh man. Okay, so um, I guess last thing I I should say about the travel day is that um, both of their factory tours said, "Hey, we have a gift for you," but I realized after the second one that actually they were just picking up groceries. It wasn't really gifts. They just had to carry their own ham and cheese home to make their food. I loved that. It was so sweet. And they were just like, we have a little gift. And then it was the largest food you've ever seen in your life. 80 pound (laughs) wheel of cheese. (laughs) We only have the one size. 
They also yeah. got to have a dinner in that a tasting menu in that um, underground prison, and uh, it seemed mostly good, except they cooked the ravioli in a bladder, and that made it seem less appetizing. Would you rather waste the bladder and not cook yep. ravioli in it? Yep. Okay, fair enough. There's a lot of things that I would rather waste than cook my food in. Um, but yeah, so they, they got their groceries, they go home, and now it is time for the elimination challenge, where all three, or all four of the chefs have to make two dishes, a preemie, either rice or pasta, and a secondi, either meat or fish, featuring and highlighting both the Parmigiano Reggiano and the Prosciutto di Parma. Um, highlighting with, their which, presence. <laughs> which it turns out is a trap. Yeah. Oh, you know what it is? It's kind of like when somebody like gives you a gift and then like they come visit and you're like, oh, I have to wear that sweater. Yeah, mm. I have to reference that board book and also show you the wear and tear on this Tonka truck that you yeah, gave exactly. <laughs> They just had to set have to make sure to put out the Parmesan because they're like, We're thanks for the gifts. We're using them in all our cooking. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. <laughs> well, and you have this is like kind of the, you know, these are some of the best producers of those ingredients. You're getting it right from the source. Like you can't get better than that. And, and I know the, also, even the groceries, like specialty markets, like all the produce just seemed amazing. It looked so good. Yeah, they, they spent 300 euros just wandering around town. It was great. Not buying so many cat the, food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. avoiding that end cap that looked like it could be yummy cookies, but it was actually <laughs> cat food. You know, I just, uh, I'm going to say it over and over again, I think every episode, but the, we are so lucky that we still have the gift that is Stephanie Seymour oh, in oh Italy. God. In this final series, she is just she's over the moon about everything, and she's so fun. She's so fun, and just watching her beam going around Italy. I mean, the fact that she also cooked well is incredible. But like, just she was having the most pure, except for Kevin's sexual experience at the ham factory. Everything else, Stephanie was having just the most fun possible. Was just she was just glowing, hearing descriptions of things, and ah. I think this is a real argument for um for for self deprecation and low expectations. Uh, huh? Because yeah. like, she was like, because she I'm was on like, board. Yeah, she was like, I, I, like, I, I was happy to be top ten. This is like, yeah. this is this is basically house money for me. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> she was really enjoying it. Well, and today actually, really interestingly, today was a big day for cooking happy. Yeah, we also had Melissa saying that her father is proud of her for the first time. Yeah. So 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 sweaty in the eyes. Real yeah. sweaty eye time. <laughs> Um and so the then to have both of them just cooking super happy and then nailing it was yeah. really interesting. I like some other art forms, it seems like if you're sad, it actually makes you a little bit like a lot of novelists have to be really oh, sad. The, hello to this myth that needs to be dismantled immediately, Alex. Do not perpetuate <laughs> this crap. Yeah. <laughs> um I a lot of novelists have been sad. Uh yes, but it doesn't help their noveling. No. No, no, it does not. I think it sometimes it makes their noveling much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree. About it as I, I would agree, and I wish happy. the Western canon would also agree. Yeah. <laughs> I think you were probably right. That's a good point. But yeah, still, yeah. they're cooking happy, and it was amazing. That's my point. Yeah. Really, really, really good, happy times with good ingredients. They're in an amazing kitchen, an amazing place, you know. It's uh, it's what you want out of a Top Chef finale, I think. It's true. It makes for kind of euphoric television. It was just such was, a yeah. pleasure. There were two things that made it kept it from being a pure pleasure. One was it feels like the ingredients are a little bit tricky, sort of like the mushroom last week, where it was like, the key is don't touch it. Don't overwhelm it. We already did a perfect thing. How dare you come to our country and cook? We I were... guess it would be weird to give them non-challenging ingredients at this point in the well, competition, that's, that's though. True. It would that's be fair. strange if the that's ingredients fair. were like butter. Even though like, the, do, do what you need to do, even though, we'll just back away. But like <laughs> Stephanie made an amazing ragu, even though they told her don't cook the prosciutto. She did, sure. and it was awesome. Melissa cooked the prosciutto, fine. and it was awesome. You know, I don't no. think that it, it can be a trap, but it doesn't have to be. Well, it's a weird okay. thing that both places said, like, yes, this is the best food in the world. We're so proud of it. If you cook it, you're dead to us. Both the Parmesan <laughs> and the prosciutto, which was oh, like. Oh, no, 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 no. You're uh, sorry to disagree. No, because like uh, baby, baby Star Chef was saying how you can do anything with, with Parmesan. He's like, oh, you ex- can grill it. You can puff it. You can whatever. Okay. But like, then, then uh, you know, to spoiler alert, like some chefs that get in trouble for like rendering out, like making those like tasted salt crystals uh, invisible, though, also. Uh, well, it depends yeah. on the age of it too. I think because he did that to the old 
Parmesan that like has, you know, know, they wait like 75 years to crack it, crack its little rind. Um, And then you dissolve the salt crystals into a pile of foam. Uh, It's a little rude. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle. Sorry, man. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, well, okay. So the other thing I guess that's a little bit of a booby trap is that it seems like perhaps Italian people don't like your cooking just as a mean and just as a rule it seems like they're kind of mean to you about your cooking like i mean this table was insane the number of michelin stars sitting around the table judging but they were also pretty harsh i thought the 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 guy who was at the actual judges table at the end was the scariest the mountain yeah (laughs) so yeah the mountain um evan funke funke um uh yep going with it he is he is from Venice, not Venice, Italy. He's from Venice, California. Mm-hmm. He's from Venice Beach. He's ours. There's a um, there's a portal between the two Venices. It it counts. They do, well, they do have um yeah they have um uh canals here too. We have our own Venice canals. So well, it was designed to look like Venice, Italy. Yeah, we're just still nailed it. It's like Vegas. Yeah, perfect. a perfect <laughs> replica. And to this day, people cannot tell the difference. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, you said there's a portal, Ezra. There's, there is a canal that d- joins the two. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. a canal through space. Uh, a couple of fun, interesting things about him. If you don't know, if we aren't on the Quibi, uh, mm. he has a Quibi series. I am not on the Quibi. Tell me everything about his Quibi series. I'm so I, up for it. Listen, I'm not on the Quibi, but I know people who are. <laughs> really? Do you really? I have friends who are on Quibi. Really? No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> That's just yeah. the sort of thing Quibi wants you to say. I think I know more people who've worked for Quibi than watched a Quibi show. That's probably true. Um, uh, but his show is actually cool where he goes – he has a pasta show where he goes to yeah. Italy and like is sort of going to places where very super specific rare pastas are made and like kind of being forgotten because they're sort of local traditions and just like has little quick bite episodes uh, about these different pastas no one's heard of. This is the first show on Quibi that I've been like, I would actually maybe watch this. This is interesting. He also got like a weird thing this week where he was on a podcast. And he said, I never eat pasta in America. Oh, jeez! Wow. <laughs> he, he's he's intense. So sorry. Wow. Well, I did read more about his story and his thing. He was like working in, in kitchens here and just hated his life. And so he quit his jobs and moved to Italy. He just like called a an old Italian lady who made pasta and was like, teach me. And she was like a thousand dollars. And then he's like, all right, I'll be there next week. And then he just flew there and she just berated him every day while he rolled pasta until he was good at it. And so I can see how he's like maybe passing along that harshness about pasta to people. Would this work for all things you want to get better at? Can you just pay $1,000 to an Italian lady to yell at you? And then like, you know, then you get to be 6'2", for example. (laughs) I always do respond better to a mean coach. I don't know. Is that (laughs) something about me? Yeah, we can try this. Um. Yeah. Anyway, he was he was intense, but just the chefs were pretty rough. I felt like that table was like one of the meanest uh, dining table. Normally, there's a bit more of a celebratory feel, and but this was, felt like the, it was all directed like it. at Volt, right? I mean, no one else and, and really got it. Volt and, and Kevin. Yeah, I felt like Stephanie and Melissa made it out with just like everybody was like glowing. They loved the balance of the yuzu and the broda. And the Brodo, they loved, you know, Stephanie's uh, cabbage dish. I mean, like, I, I feel like they it was pretty balanced, but their comments, I think, tonally were, you know, sounded more harsh because, like, Volt, you know, he does kind of cerebral food. And if you're expecting these ingredients to really shine and to really, like, you know, have the spirit of place, it didn't. Yeah, let's, let's build to this because this, I think, is the central conflict of the episode is um, the emotional destruction of Brian Voltaggio. Well, one question I had, or just like a thought in the back of my mind is, I wonder if this is why they haven't gone to Italy before now, is because they Mm -hmm. sort of like knew the reputation, or assumed the reputation of like, the sorts of chefs and experts you'd get in Italy would be to not play the sort of like, top chef game, and just be a little too frank. (laughs) A little too frank, a little in their own... Yeah, because Italians are obsessed with Italian food, you know, and how yeah. they do things there. So, yeah, that maybe I think that's a good point. There is a well, bit of a feel of like, this is what we do perfectly. Don't adjust it. But then there's also there was that one old lady who was like, never make pasta. I'm bored. Um, well, that was a, just a lady on the street. That, I know. That, but just like, so like, there's like the chefs are like, don't touch our food. It's already perfect. And then the Italians walking by are just like, I'm so sick of pasta. Please make me something else. <laughs> it, it does feel like a no win situation there. So well, I. 
but also yeah. like you're going into somebody's place you're saying here are your most prized ingredients and now we're like playing around with them i don't know i, I it's hard for me not to see where like this is kind of like this is the challenge in a way. And so to then be like, it's crazy how these Italians are being so precious about their most precious stuff. Like, why wouldn't you expect that? Like, that's kind of part of I the mean, deal. I, I I totally see where you're coming from. I've just watched a lot of these tables of uh, Michelin star chefs eating food. And it, this one seemed like they had the least fun. Mm. I think they're being like, the most thoughtful. And they're also delivering a lot of, I don't know, I, I guess I just thought they took it really seriously. Yeah. And I sort of felt like that was appropriate for the, the competition. This is in their second language, too. You know, it's not as chatty. <laughs> That's true. Um, well, so let's talk about Vault. So um, on the on the bottom were uh, Brian Voltaggio and Kevin. Um, and uh, everybody agreed at the table that Voltaggio has no soul. And no, his food didn't show the soul. I think his food didn't have heart and it didn't have soul. And um, when Padma passed that information along to him, for some reason, yeah, because you really table, have to, don't you? Don't you just have to? I really part of me wanted them to just not tell him they said that. Like, yeah, I really just, just, just like maybe this doesn't have to make it back to him. Did you get the feeling when Padma was talking that like she just kind of started saying it and then halfway and then through it. realized uh, like yeah. destroying him yeah. and like what do I do and then she just kind of kept talking <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely exactly right and the way she said it the way it came out was like if if this is hurting you imagine how hard it is for me to tell you that it's bad. <laughs> like it was it was the first moment where I felt like because her as Megan pointed out her job is to deliver bad news. And this is the yeah. first time where I felt like she maybe didn't nail it. What was interesting about it, too, was that, like, upon receiving this critique, he, like, then gave this much more spirited and, like, sort of personally involved description of the food he'd made. Yes. That I yeah. feel, I almost feel like this is, this is a crazy time to say this, but it's almost though as though if he had, like, taken just, like, a pinch of malarkey and brought it to his presentation <laughs> table side, like, they may have felt that this was a less soulless dish if he'd just been like when i was just a pup i loved to eat pasta with nothing on it almost and, <laughs> and this is really like yeah like this takes me back and like shed just a tiny tear and then like bowed and backed away like yes, I, love, this is I love to aerate some fonduta as a child <laughs> yeah yeah I was and look, gonna... i've draped uh prosciutto over fish just the way puss and boots would have done yeah i just yeah part of it to me feels like they're like People just, they always want your backstory. And it's hard because also like yeah. as like American Top Chef watchers, we know that Brian Fultagio's backstory is tweezers. So anytime he does anything with tweezers, we're like, yeah, that's yeah. Brian. That's Heart right. of Brian. Congratulations, that's, Heart of Brian. <laughs> but like, second best you know, Fultagio tweezing. Yeah, but if you've just been like living your best life in Parma and then this man brings you like a pile of foam and is like, here is my foam. Like, yeah, you might not see a lot of soul yeah, in Yeah, some context. I, it made me so sad to see it's Brian so that sad. sad. And it really, like, <clears throat> I'm sure he's listening. I'm sure he's a fan. Um, Brian, I'd like to apologize for calling you Robo Voltaggio for so long. I thought it was I a know. funny joke, but I don't want to imply you don't have feelings or heart or soul or passion for what you do. It's just yeah. Clearly he does. Right? Yeah, clearly he does. And, like, we, we call him that, like, out of love because he's so <laughs> focused and professional Yes. Uh, that he gets really locked into the zone and his, his food is really tweezers mm -hmm. and it's really fussy, but it was, yeah, that was just such he a loves, bummer. It was so sad yeah. to see him that sad when clearly he was like, we saw the work that went into it and they didn't, they just saw the end result. And yeah. the work that's gone into it forever. Like, I, like, I think that him and Melissa are the two most impressive things I've ever seen on top chef. Um, like Melissa's run this year where she's won almost half of the challenges in an incredibly tough all-star season, but also Voltaggio being in the finals three times, including a master's season and this all-star season. That's so good. This yeah. is an unbelievable run. Uh, and to have that kind of consistent brilliance that he's had is so impressive and having a slightly fat, uh, a flat affect when he talks has led to all of this um, fun joking from our side. But yeah, as soon as as soon as she said it to his face, and you could see him execute program sadness, it was so brutal. It was so hard to take, and and I do feel especially bad because I'm a little bit skeptical of this the the way chefs sometimes talk about cooking with heart. Um, 
because like especially if you say like that you could if you could explain the backstory and then it would say that all of a sudden they'd be like oh this tastes like heart like the fact that you could change it with your malarkey is malarkey like, make... <laughs> it is largely malarkey if it's a malarkey based uh, yeah if your presentation could change how much heart people think you're cooking with like it just feels like them saying they can taste heart maybe your taste the love is maybe just like they're, they're tasting umami and mistaking it for love like (laughs) i i don't like brian's like brian loves foaming cheese that's a thing that he is deeply passionate and cares about yeah that like his his heart is probably foamed we can agree i wonder if a lot of this just kind of associations with the foods you know that we first associated with love, which is probably our parents' cooking, which probably yeah. did not was not very foam forward for most of us. I'm guessing, and so although in the Voltaggio household, it could yeah, be, it could have been. Yeah, this is this is a foam, just like Mama and Papa used to make. <laughs> this is known as a foam. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, here's the thing: maybe in 50 years or so, that will be like it'll be a grandparent foam type thing. It'll be that like you know, grandparents oh, will be sous vide. Like ambrosia salad, but <laughs> exactly just foam than all the old cookbooks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like he he loves molecular gastronomy and new ways of doing food in and like he loves that. And if you, I don't like it does feel unfair to say I can't taste the love in this way that you're producing this. It just feels so unfair. Well, I hear you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the counterpoint to this is what love. Uh, means to me when I hear cook with love is cook with care and attention. And so that's one thing to execute something and it's one thing to execute and make every component absolutely sing, you know? And, and I think it's uh, love may not be a flavor, but it's a feeling you get when everything, you know, really pops off the plate and everything's really, really well realized as opposed to doing some of the high degree of difficulty and execution that you did and it's going to be impressive, but, you know, maybe the flavors aren't quite there or, you know. Yeah, there's like a, I, I wonder, I, I there, it's impossible to know because I, I think there's a, there's a difference between the way they're talking about it and what they might actually mean. But yeah. again, impossible to say if they're actually reading sort of a, an incongruity in like, well, you didn't say something about your personal background and often, and it makes me uncomfortable too, because there is often when they say like cook from the heart, they actually mean like cook your ethnicity which is gross Mm -hmm. and weird (laughs) and like always this expectation that like somehow it has to come back to like what you look like or where you're from in quotes. Um, But at the same time, I think like what they, what I think what Chris is saying well, and I'm not saying as well is like, they're trying to confer this sense of like, there's this sense of like inspiration and a way that that inspiration then translates to the ingredients working together in this sort of next level way. And when that doesn't happen, it just like, there is a flatness. And I think, calling that a lack of soul is problematic because it then it's sort of like, you know, you, you go to like a shoe contest and they're like, wow, also your shirt is dumb. Like, and you're like well, you didn't have to come for my shirt. Like I didn't even know my shirt was on display. Yeah. Here. Brian's clearly a heck of a guy who is, who like has a ton of emotion and a ton of like, he, he seems like a really cool, like soulful person. You know, oh, thoughtful, thoughtful, yeah. but thoughtful, at the same yeah. time, like, <laughs> yeah, let's, go with, cool. let's go with thoughtful. I mean, <laughs> I mean I, said he was the coolest one there, so I buy that. Yeah, yeah. I want to spend side note. I want to spend more time in, in Tanya's uh, shoe contest world and and know how that how does that play out? Like, how do you win the shoe contest? Well, heads up, as wear a cool shirt. Okay, yep. this is good to know. <laughs> yeah, because they yeah. will be judging your shirt secretly. <laughs> yeah. They won't tell you in the room they that they're judging you that, your but shirt, yeah. but then later someone will tell you that they hated your shirt. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and it, and it could just come down to like care and attention because we're sort of spinning out on this. But like you know, when it's saying didn't have you know didn't have the love there, like Kevin overcooked, overseared some protein, which didn't allow when it rested for it to get as tender as it should have. You right. know, and that's he a technical with, mistake. He a lot of heart, and it was chewy. <laughs> what was it? That was a really weird thing to me because I felt it. It seemed like they didn't go hard enough on him while eating. It, yeah, it, yeah, it was one of those. It seemed like an editing choice where they didn't want it to look like uh, either he or Brian messed up that bad in such a like high stakes moment, or it wasn't as bad when they were eating it as it seemed like they described it at judges' table. It just, I didn't understand like what was going, what went so wrong with that pork 
where Kevin would like slice a piece off and be like, oh, I nailed this. And like, I have to trust his palate is good, especially oh, yeah. pork. But then once it got to the table, I was like, this is. I just feel like he only knows pork when it's in a ball shape. I don't know if he does flat I squares know. also. Ah, that was the problem. It was. No, I think it's just resting. I, I think it's yeah. like the, the physics of food and resting. And like yeah. when he tasted it, you know, it was probably because of the overseer. It could have been exactly where he wanted it, but then it rested an extra five minutes and it got tough or, yeah. you know, or, whatever it or is. Or we saw him taste one piece and it was perfect. And then when he got the rest of the plates done, it, it had changed somehow. I mean, it does feel like they don't want to give away the ending too early. So they might have cut out some of the diners criticisms of it and left in extras on Brian to make that seem more um, like more exciting when it came down to it. it really but during the like- judge's table itself, I felt like it was pretty clear it was going to be Kevin because despite um, Voltaggio's lack of dualism um, with Kevin, they were just like, it was really tough. It was like really difficult to eat. Yeah. I mean, that's what it felt like. It, it just, I felt coming out of like the service, it was Voltaggio because it seemed like they were very upset at his dishes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The looks, the dirty looks. They were so upset. Yeah. And Kevin came out um, of that. I mean, like pork's so good. It makes you want to slap somebody. It's just a wonderful comment. And, <laughs> you know, like when, cause you trust his palate no, as well. No, right. You know what? I'm not, yeah, I'm against hitting. I'm against hitting in almost any context, especially I did good on pork. Stop <laughs> hitting people. No one deserves to be slapped because your pork was good. I don't know. I get it. I get, I get the urge. To <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. It's like the sort of thing of like, wait, seriously. And you like, you grab someone by their like jacket lapels and then like, <laughs> shake them really hard and then like not as hard as you can but like just whip they them don't off. deserve makes this. you makes I you mad because you didn't know it could be that good i've got yeah. a son i've got a son <laughs> i don't think this is good i'm against that was it just fully uh, for the <laughs> sarah Very has good. remained unslapped in the studio Very good. well make yeah but don't make good pork then around kevin uh, and I don't know because I, I won't eat it. So it's yeah. not around me at all. Um, I was I was less clear about whose dishes were worse because they really loved Kevin's beans and his preemie. Yes. Remember? Yeah. Yes. That's, but it did have a heaping fun. tablespoon of grated yes. parmesan oh, the, on it. The dirty looks when oh, that came yeah, out. Ezra missed that, parmesan. and I was trying I, to. I didn't understand it. it, and yeah, I was like, no, they did not like that parmesan going down on top. Mm-mm. They were so mad about the spoonful. Were, well, that spoonful upset me, and I didn't have to eat it. Like, I just the moment he put the, down the first spoonful, I was like, "Well, that's too much. What are you doing? What are you doing, sir?" It's so hard to win with 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 like the best ingredients in the world. It's like like you like you give too much, you give too little, you overcook, you under like you just. I feel like yeah. everyone should just have trash ingredients and then be pleasantly surprised when they turn trash out okay. Fish. The trash, trash fish turned out great. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> loves the dorm room quick fire. All yeah. right. Yeah, I, I do. I do. Um, I I guess I wasn't as mad because I feel like it like if you're if you're at a restaurant and they're like, say when and they grate cheese for you, I always like to not say when for a while. Yeah. I like a big pile of parmesan on my food. So <laughs> you just get out like a Ziploc bag. <laughs> just, just straight into my purse just keep grating this cheese i yeah i mean i i'm sure it was like for especially for that level of fine dining to just have a a dump truck back up and pour cheese over your plate is not great uh, but I, though. but you know what they, also, they kind of passed over it but some of the uh comments later implied that his pasta itself was also not very good yes right to yeah. yeah totally but there was some comment that really quickly where someone was like, the pasta just fell flat and they didn't really have a lot more on that, but it seemed like there were other problems with the dish and then the, the dump truck didn't help. Yeah. Yeah. I, it is kind of a fun like side project that Kevin loves beans, not as much as he loves ham, no, but he also loves beans. Beans go great with ham. Beans are yeah, good I, in general. Beans, Let's talk about beans are great. Yeah. Yeah, Big Bean fan Gordo. over here. Yeah, Ricky Gordo, if you're out there and want to sponsor a little podcast that could, send us. <laughs> Looking at you, Rancho Gordo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm into it. Um, also, I think the other thing that helped me think that maybe it had saved Brian was that his pasta was the best of anybody's pasta, and he made it yeah. on the guitar. And he made it yeah. on a guitar. <laughs> I love so guitar. Fun. And he tried to play the guitar. Bum, bum, bum. That was great. 
It was really fun. Um, so I did think that like made it seem more likely, even though they really did not like his pesto. His pesto was upsetting. Yeah. Um, more garlic and soul. In general, though, I do feel like this wasn't what like they were being very critical. But overall, this was a really good semifinal cook where everybody did well. To yeah. like everyone did pretty well. Um, well. That's what I'm not sure of because like they. Like think about last season, like this point was the magical cook where um Joe Flam made the so or the the pasta that tasted like river rocks. Or like oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that like, was amazing. But that like yeah. that's what it got down that was like two seasons ago, but like it felt like they talked about it like that was the same meal. But it seemed like they had a lot more problems with Brian and Kevin's output. Like they talked about it like it yeah. was all talked about him great meal, but then they had like very serious like problems of like cooking and conception. But when they were talking about the meal, it it seemed like they were talking only about Stephanie uh, and Melissa's dishes and ignoring Brian and Kevin's. I guess I thought they seemed better, and I thought maybe that because the judges were so harsh, maybe it was better than that. But yeah, it could be that they were just mostly just so in love with with Stephanie and Melissa's food, which um, so let's talk about that real quick. It's yeah. just cooking happy, um, Stephanie peaking at exactly the right time, um, Melissa's sixth win in an All Stars season. Yeah, unreal. Yeah. She's she's killing it. And, you know, like I thought looking at the cabbage and how that came out of that uh, oven, just seeing that I was like, well, there's the best dish, you know, and, and it seemed like so inventive. And Melissa's was even better, you know, yeah. Yeah. she's it's an homage to Top Chef with a perfectly cooked scallop. yeah yeah it was just such a i i mean i as much as i felt like there was a there was a lot of harsh critique at the table i was just so overjoyed this entire episode we were both grinning it was just so it was so cool to see them both like in this amazing headspace having these great ideas nailing them in the execution bringing mm-hmm. them to the table and then having the entire table fully agree with them and be like yep. yes yep. you fucking nailed this to the wall this was incredible thank yeah. you for this and we even and, had the top chef the uh, magic elves uh, fake out edit about the the raft and the oh, I know the raft oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah I suspected that was a fake out from the yeah. beginning but it was yeah. a classic where they were like this is a huge problem and then she she's like ugh I'm dumb gotta do that again and then it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah, and that the 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 broth like clarity was then complimented later was just really satisfying yeah. too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was just I I mean I yeah this was one of those episodes that just made me feel so so thoroughly happy. Yeah. Uh, for so much of the time that we watched it, it was great. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and you know what? It's I like we've said many many times before. I love all of these chefs. They're also worthy of winning this. But it's so yes. goddamn cool that. There's going to there's a much higher probability of it being a woman who wins this season when yep. yeah. like, women are so typically underrepresented on not only Top Chef but of course in the like high status culinary world. It's just it was so cool to look at yeah. it and be like oh my god the women totally fucking nailed this like you were saying and I really like happy I, I I have liked a lot of stuff that Kevin has done um but I this was the three that I wanted to move on this is my dream finale from this position and i am really interested to see what voltaggio foams from his heart and i am going like i i don't know that there's any way that i can be happy if melissa doesn't win now well i don't don't welcome to the team alex (laughs) well i mean it's been like i mean obviously like i felt strongly about that like i've been rooting for her for a while but now it's like she feels like she's so far out ahead yes i mean like I thought Stephanie was going to win the challenge because of how much everyone like how much everyone was impressed with how she cooked with the prosciutto and the ragu and how yeah, yes, too. Yes. the cabbage and how like really smart that was. And then for them to be like, yeah, Melissa still won though. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You see that broad? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Exactly right. And, and Melissa is not only like has been cooking phenomenal this whole time, but also her project in Italy the things the the things she's wanted to do marrying the the ingredients of Italy and things that she's loved her whole life 
has been working perfectly. And I can't wait to see that menu of those things. And I, I don't have as clear vision of like what Stephanie's menu would be. So I'm like open to being blown away, but I just like her menu just seems like the one that I want to see in the finale and the most likely to be perfect. And yeah, well, and Volt's going to put together an amazing finale. I mean, it's going to be so good. Yeah, you this know, is like, yeah. yeah. And I'm excited to see what interesting things he does because I do like, like his, I like his tweezing. I don't know. I've not eaten a lot of tweezer food, so I don't know if I would enjoy eating it, but well, I, I do like watching it. Something interesting about Stephanie that about these last two challenges is like she has done well when she gets very specific, a very specific narrow constraint. Like she did, I'm thinking she, if my memory serves me, she did well in the taco challenge. She did well last week where it's like cook with truffles, make something great with truffles. But then when it becomes like very open-ended of just like create this conceptual thing, she's been in the middle or bottom. Like when she, with her restaurant pitch, I think yeah. she, because she's a private chef, she excels when she's told, given like very specific criteria of like, I'm feeling like blank tonight uh, or I'm feeling like this for the meal for this event she's like working on. And she yeah. looks towards that. She's very good at just like going up to the walls and filling in that entire space with really good ideas. And when there's no border, she sort of doesn't have that direction. Yeah. Um, just I to, can relate to that very much. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm as talented as Stephanie, but like I, yeah, I love, I love deadlines. I love constraints. I do not necessarily love a giant blank sheet of paper. Like that is not totally. the same, For same sure. rush. Um, also, she did win the taco challenge with her lamb. You're correct. I just, just looked it up. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm super excited to see them all, uh, the three of them cook. And I, I think this, yeah, this feels like mostly a, a delightful episode and a very satisfying ending. Um, Let's jump right into. Let's hear some some other people's thoughts. Uh, how about it, Megan? Sounds good. Let's take a dip into. There it is, Megan's mailbag. You can get in touch with Megan by going to packermikes.com. One last time before the finale, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Go to packermikes.com. Also, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Megan, what's in your bag? Well, I'd say there's definitely a, a theme to this week's uh, mm. Is so it Parmesan? We'll see if you can guess what it is. <laughs> she already um, spoiled it for me, I know. But we have an, an email from Annabella. Annabella writes, I'm glad the three chefs got to present their entire meal. And there's no bullshit elimination halfway through. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Strong I'm, agree. I'm rooting for Melissa and Stephanie the most, but I won't be too upset if Brian ends up winning. Six hankies for Kevin. Mm. Everyone cooked good food, so it was down to the technicalities of the challenge, and it seemed clear he did the worst when it came to the use of the special products. Yeah. One bonus hanko, hanky. Hanko, <laughs> A <hanky>. bonus hanko. <laughs> for Brian Voltaggio, watching the Italian chef say his food lacked passion was already hard, but his face when Padma told him that truly made me yeah. sad it was so heartbreaking yeah also I didn't, as as the past 40 minutes have uh indicated yeah. we heartily agree with everything you just said the eliminate when it came to the elimination when they did that they did that last like swoopy camera over the two people before judgment yeah. is passed you could see in both of their eyes that they were both 100 percent certain it was them so regardless of what we felt like i feel like both kevin and volt were like ready to go and 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 i felt like volt was holding it like holding it together and being stoic about it, but looked really sad inside. And Kevin had that like sm- resigned smile. Like I'm ready. I've been here before. I know how this feels. I can handle it. But it, it looked to me like both of them were like for sure. They thought they were going home. Yeah. And it was really heartbreaking. Well, uh, and I, I thought that his, his like parting rejoinder to Volt or not really rejoinder his parting advice to Volt when they were like hugging goodbye was really interesting too. Cause it felt like it was very specifically for him. Like, don't be so focused on winning that you can't actually enjoy this. Like, because yeah. I think there's this understanding that like Brian has been so close to winning so many times and wants this so much that yeah. like, you know, that is a real single minded determined like thing that he's, gunning for and it does make it i think ultimately it's making it harder for him to like soak up the experience which you know i don't know i thought i thought that moment was extremely sweet and like uh, very insightful of kevin to to pass that along yeah totally 
and I and I do feel like he's acquitted himself like in his exits twice now. So I I think Kevin is also going to be okay, and that's always nice to see when yeah. someone exits. Bridget writes, I'm sad Kevin lost, but honestly, my hankies were for Volt. Hmm. Calling him RoboVolt is your guys' thing. <laughs> no one else is allowed to imply he's completely <laughs> devoid of love and compassion. Yeah. Yes. 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 Amazing. Absolutely, Bridget. protect our intellectual property. <laughs> yeah. We say it with love. They said it with malice, and there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Bridget continues, modern food is not the death of love and cuisine. You don't do highly technical food that pushes the envelope because you have no love for your guests or food. You do it because attention to detail is caring. Mm. Trying new things is passion. A yes. whole lot of food cooked with, quote, love is terrible. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That, Whoa. The I mean, shot came out of nowhere on that one, but yeah. Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, in fairness, I do cook, cook food with love badly sometimes. I think I, I can be part of that. Yes, love yeah. is not all that food needs. Food needs a lot. I care. I just don't look things up. Is that possible? I believe the line is love is all you need, not love is all food needs. Yeah. <laughs> it's a commonly misheard lyric. <laughs> <laughs> love is all food needs. Da, 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 da. Uh, Brian, uh, Bridget continues, Brian embraces technology with incredible forethought, skill, and passion. The stove, the whisk, the food processor were all new technologies at one point. Making whipped cream in an IZ charger is already a standard at coffee shops, but they knocked him for the foam, which showed no compa- compassion while ignoring the passion that goes into making pasta on a chitara. Chitara? Mm-hmm. It's a guitar. It's a guitar. <laughs> uh, he wasn't doing a gimmick. He was marrying two technologies, one new, one old. Maybe it didn't work here on taste, but a lot of the commentary commentaries seem below the belt. Yeah. I spent most of... Uh, the judgment table admiring Gail's shirt because it was easier than watching both of them tear up. Oh, she did bring the right shirt to the shoot challenge though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she did. Gail. I thought Tom's <laughs> jacket does. was nice. You I know, thought it was kind of fun. Yeah. 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 A little professorial. Um, yeah. Uh, totally agree on all of it. Uh, Hannah writes, even though you all, and I have too, have said it many times, it feels really rough to hear the Italian chefs call RoboVolt a robot. Did they actually call him a robot? <laughs> they, no. I don't uh, think so. I don't think they actually said robot. They just said soulless and heartless. Uh, I don't think Italians have a word for robot. They just have soulless. <laughs> a no soul is a robot to uh, Italy. But they have 42 different words for uh, for ham. Yes. So it's a classic language. Uh, Catherine writes, sorry, eliminated chef, but Volt's reaction to being told his dish had no soul or heart used yeah. all of my hankies this week. Yeah. Rounded up to 20 even. It's not regulation hanky usage, so I'll make my own rules. Yes. <laughs> to be clear, the founder of the hanky system also believes in anarchy. So you're fine. <laughs> make whatever rules you want for hankies. Kevin's reaction, on the other hand, was great. He looked like he was going to go fight some Italian chefs in Volt's name right there and then. <laughs> <laughs> one one thing that somebody else pointed out, uh, on one of the recaps I was reading pointed out, was that the things that Brian has gotten knocked for a lot this season are the exact same things his brother was celebrated for when he when Michael won. And, I, I mean, 10 years has passed, so it is a little bit of a different thing, but the idea that like when Michael does it, it's with love. And when Brian does it, it's solace is a little bit, it's gotta be a little bit upsetting. This is, it's like an image thing where it's like, you just need some more tattoos and a little more like, you know, badassery. And then you can you know, cook with a lot of like the tweezers, cook with tweezers. You just gotta like have some kind of like, it's like, well, you're like my eyes are telling me that like, you got a lot of heart there. Uh, and my mouth is telling me there's a lot of tweezers. So I guess it works together. I'm tasting tweezers, but I see rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, maybe could work. Could work. All right. The the defense of uh, Brian Voltaggio continues. <laughs> Sean, Sean writes, Padma telling him that at judges' table was brutal. Yeah. Uh, Jake writes, was, quote, your food has no soul, the stone coldest criticism in yeah. recent memory. Yeah. It's, also, it's how many of, of you cried when RoboVolt shed some tears? Uh, I would, I will say... I, I will say I don't know if it was the harshest thing because never cook salami again was really harsh. 
That was just in the context of that her was... winning, so it was okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that was weird. harsh, but, but like... in the context of your food was still the best. It, it was, was still like... the best ever, but do not touch this ingredient. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's, it's less of a... You could here's the thing. You can go through your life without cooking salami again. It's really tough to like get your soul uh if you don't have one. Like I think you just like, you just do a fiddle contest with the devil. Wait, so you you win the devil's soul? Well, you have to go down to Georgia. You gotta go right, first step Georgia. They have to sponsor an episode, yeah. Um yeah, no, I guess oh, no, I'm I guess loving... the devil's getting your soul. So you have to just bet a fiddle against somebody oh, and yeah, then you can get a soul. the devil is the devil just a chef who's trying to find a soul? Is that now <laughs> no the, 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 the... This food is perfect and it tastes wrong. <laughs> devil, you need some soul in it. It's like I, I, I will get all the souls. I'll go to fiddle players first. <laughs> all right, I love um... I love that uh, to hear the closing of ranks and the circling of wagons around uh Brian. This is great. I feel like we uh, collectively it's important to send this energy to the past when this finale was recorded because I am really stressed about how this is going to impact his sort of performance going into the big finale. Like there's nothing that I dislike more than somebody who is an amazing competitor in their own right, getting completely rocked and having their confidence just like vacuumed out right before they have to do the thing they've been anticipating doing well for like months at a time. It's just horrible. That's so Um, horrible. And it did sort of happen to Gregory in addition to his back problems was on that on last week's episode. He did say like, I've been on the bottom a couple of times and it's, like changing when i'm thinking about all of the stuff and it like it seemed like it shook him up instead of like shaking him awake yeah it can produce pivots that don't need to be pivots in all kinds of ways it's just yeah it's it's tough it's really tough yeah i would love it if he learned a great lesson that helped him go somewhere from here and get like a tiny tiny bit better but also you've the thing that you do has gotten you to three finales you know how to do this like do your thing that you're good at. Don't try to like all of a sudden cook someone else's food tomorrow. Um, Allie writes, I'd love to live in the aisles of the cheese story. <laughs> uh, it's a little probably hard to air condition. Allie also enjoyed Stephanie's totally adorable ecstatic grin throughout the episode. Yes. yes. Melissa's relationship with her dad. Yes. Yes. And then... My heart broke seeing Brian hear that the Italian chef's box is locked. I've eaten at one of his restaurants and could not disagree more. Mm. I was so relieved he made it through. My biggest takeaway is that I need a good screen grab of Brian hoisting that wheel of parm on his shoulder. Talk about yeah. spoonworthy. <laughs> it was funny that you've got Kevin, who's a power lifter and is kind of a burlier dude. And Brian's like, yeah, I got this. I'll do this. <laughs> it was, I, I feel like there was some, you know, some strong dad vibes on vacation where he was just like, yep, I'll carry the 300 pound cheese home. He's definitely <laughs> the dad of the group. He is. He's such a dad. It's great. So. That's yeah. I, I don't know if I would quite swoon over it, but I did think it was cool. I guess as much as as much as everyone uh, is really supportive of Brian Voltaggio, there were there were also a few pretty funny uh, uh, robot jokes. Uh, <laughs> so Ali also writes, "I'd also be lying if I didn't mention that Robovolt's reaction did give me a brief flash of this," and she linked to a. A clip of a Simpsons episode where someone tells a robot that she's a robot and she starts crying and then... The tears short-circuit her face. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Dave writes, uh, Robovolt uh, clearly realized he failed the Voight Kampf with that dish and it had a fatal error. (laughs) This is a... I had to look it up. It's a Blade Runner reference. Sure is. Thanks, Sarah. You're, you and I are on the same page. I, turtle. What do you do? Uh, I don't, it's an owl. I Well, also, one of the things about uh, artificial intelligence is that it, it could, you know, tell you that it's not a robot. That's one of its skills. So the fact that he seems sad does not disprove that he's no, a robot. No, Voight Kampf, not Turing test, dude. No, I know. I was telling this is also an other thing about it. How many uh, robot tests do we have, guys? I feel like- <laughs> uh, well, Jane, Jane does mention um, regarding RoboVolt. Did we just see Italian chefs administer the first recorded culinary Turing test? <laughs> yes. Hey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll send with love. Yes. I'll yes. We love. can say that. And our people can say that. I just, yeah, I feel so strange about what we've wrought. It's just, uh, it's like. Well, but. 
the do thing, as the, I say, I, not the, as I do. The <laughs> it's fact that so awkward. Oh no, I love this so much. The fact that our 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 listeners are making jokes about it and also circling the wagons is Perfect. proof that we say it with love. That we're we, do, on we say it with love. Ro- we're impressed that he's a robot. We're not. Yeah. I'm a robot. He's Wally. <laughs> <laughs> he's also just way ahead of his time because, as we all know, robots are the future of humanity. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is the why we're always he... making tests to try and figure out what's a robot. Yeah, right. That's why we have so many test references. So you don't don't trick us. You're going to trick us one of these days. You're going to cook food with heart. We're not ready for it. Um, Jane also writes, I love that they featured an 80-pound wheel of parm because one of my coolest holiday memories involves seeing an 80-pound wheel of parm getting cut into. Oh, yeah. My family used to go to an Italian cheese shop, Di Paolo's in Little Italy, New York City, mm. to pick up my sister's cheese order for Thanksgiving. Ooh. One year I went with my mom. I know, I want to go to Thanksgiving <laughs> there. Yeah. Into this story. <laughs> okay, that's the best Thanksgiving on record. Thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs> One year I went with my mom and it was a three-hour wait. But there was Ooh. such a warm atmosphere amongst everyone crammed into the teeny tiny store. When an 80-pound wheel of parm was cut into, the store gave out samples to everyone. Ugh. I was embarrassed to only order a quarter pound out of the huge wheel. But the guy just sliced a piece with no problem. He was accurate to a hundredth of a unit. <laughs> I love an expert butcher oh. like that where they just know. They know. Yeah, that's really good. Also, just like the, the like there's lines and then there's like thanksgiving cheese order lines where everybody is so happy to be there and friendly i've got to say those are nicer people than me because i would start getting a little bit less friendly yeah yeah three, <laughs> three hours on thanksgiving that's you no, right, that's pretty long but in the guys, but it is free cheese being living in new york uh coming from the west coast and then going to like uh old school new york like butcher and cheese shop like there's a very special energy that's yeah. that's there I, you're never sad when you're in there it's just oh. it's impossible so Sounds like nice. even even you sarah would be fine even me <laughs> yes <laughs> all right i'll end on this from john uh referring to the upcoming on the next episode it is pretty amusing that malarkey is sue chefing for stephanie in the mm-hmm. finale after ranking her second to last on his list about eight episodes mm-hmm. ago. yeah yeah so perfect transition thanks john and thanks for everybody who wrote into the uh into the mailbag we'll have one more mailbag next week you can go to packermax.com use the f- contact form or you can send a mailbag at packermax.com and facebook and twitter we get it all and we really appreciate all your appreciate all your hard work putting these together megan and uh, thank you to everybody who writes. Now, let's talk about next week. So we did get a little bit of a previous or a, a coming up on, got a little bit of a preview. Um, and uh, there, like, there are two main takeaways. One is we got to see the sous chefs. I think that's really interesting. So Kevin, Leanne, and Malarkey are all suing. And we did see the clip of Malarkey in the car with Stephanie saying to her face, this would be the greatest upset of all time, which is not the nicest thing to say. Even if That's you made it like love, no, is that negging? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little neggy. I think so. I'm sure this came up in a conversation with Stephanie, though, because like that's something I could see Stephanie saying about herself too. Totally, like totally. she's yeah. the most self aware of. Uh, I think seeing how she's like seeing her personality over the last like four or five episodes, I think she's more self aware than Malarkey because she also understands oh, yeah. the character she is on Top Chef. Yes, yes. She yeah, she's is. way more self. I don't think anyone is as unself aware as Malarkey. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure what I, I wasn't sure if I was overse- uh, overlooking Malarkey's like brand awareness. Maybe a little bit, but yeah, for sure. I I think she probably was part of that joke. She might have even initiated that joke, but it seemed harsh out of context. So I hope it turns out okay for her. And not true either way. In that, like, right? We had we had. Uh... Yeah, like three or four of the winners have sucked. So, like, it's not the biggest upset. Are we also worried about Leanne's opinions that she yes. has? Uh, not particularly, because like they've been so trying I, to they've been trying to play up drama with Melissa's cooking like all season. I think just because you can't do it, she's like, too good. No, that's, that's she's so true. very like calm and certain of herself. And and I feel positive that even if they had a couple of tense moments during their shop what what leanne is is there to help melissa execute her menu like she knows yeah. that they're friends yeah. she's also yeah. a professional like 
she might offer some opinions in the planning stage that maybe Melissa doesn't particularly want to hear at that point, but I can't see it like either swaying Melissa or like stopping Leanne from trying her hardest to help Melissa like hundred percent best cook. I just don't think that that's the vibe from either of them or really in the spirit of like the top chef finale, you know, I will. Yeah. There's, there's like, there are some chefs we've seen get kind of pushed around by other chefs during the planning. And I don't see it from her. And one of the, it reminds me of during her cooking class, we took a couple weeks ago. Um, people kept writing it on the comments when she was making this broth and being like, can we make this with totally different ingredients? Like, what could we do this with this? And then she'd be like, you know what? I'm going to, I would hold off on that for now. And she was so nice about deflecting and saying no to these awful suggestions. Like, what if instead of coconut milk, we used motor oil? She's like, okay, you know what? I think just like hold off on the motor oil for now. That might be interesting later, but like we're going to work on this thing. Like I think she's good at redirecting and not letting yes. it get in the way of her vision. So yeah. And her comment, even in the edit where she's like, yeah, you know, Leanne has opinions. was like the most <laughs> diplomatic acknowledgement yeah, exactly. of like, did you notice when Leanne asserted herself in the grocery store? And she's like, yeah, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not, <laughs> not even worth getting into. Well, and totally. the thing that they didn't show, because it's not dramatic, but uh, the reuniting of team best friends where Brian and Kevin are real good bro friends and yeah. they get to cook together. Yeah. And Kevin's threatening violence. Well, <laughs> he is willing he's, he's, to uh, murder somebody on behalf of Team uh, Team Vault. Um, also, maybe you can have Brian handle the tweezers and Kevin can contribute his heart. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it balances out. That might actually be the dream team. It's I, I realize this is like also a bummer, though, that we don't get to see Gregory again because probably of the yeah. back. Because of his back. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah, totally. I would love to see him on this, but. Well, I, I'm actually I was relieved yeah. not to see him because I know how much it would hurt him. I was going to say, I feel like the the drawn, like deeply in pain. Gregory is not somebody I'm like, come on out and carry <laughs> yeah. these groceries, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Push this cart for a mile. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Um, the other thing that I noticed from the upcoming the preview was so Carne guy is back. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Oh, and, we saw, <laughs> and we saw him weeping over how good his food was yeah we did so, see some tears shed because of food goodness which is very exciting oh it's gonna be such a good finale it's very exciting i'm not 100 percent sure but i think they might have been eating at his restaurant oh cool that would make sense yeah like awesome it looked, it looked like the, the upstairs looked familiar uh so I, I'm, I'm i'm hoping it yeah, he's he's so good. I want him to say. Yeah. I believe they took them to Mr. Carney's house of Carney. <laughs> <laughs> it's more stable than a house of cards. It's got all that meat juice to hold it I, together. I know, guys. In in uh, in Spain, there's a chain called um, Museo de Hamon. It's like the the museum ham. Uh, sure. And uh, and it's just it is basically like. I mean, the, the ceiling is like all those uh, delicious uh, uh, prosciuttos that we saw. Like, it's, it's just it's just hams. Like hanging it, hams. Hanging hams. It's just, it's insulated with ham only. Hams on hams. Hams on hams. I mean, it's kind of like when you're in Spain, it's kind of like you're in that museum the whole time. That's what it is. <laughs> Spain is the museum of ham. Yeah. I sort um, of like the idea of like saying like, man, I'm just hanging hams. It's like, I don't know. Like, is that like a time when you're like making a lot of great memories or you're just like <laughs> taking in a bunch of information to store? Oh, for later? no, you're it's when, yeah, it's when you're, it's when you're making, you're doing a plan that is going to pay off in spades later. Mm. Yeah. It's you're, you're like, like, I'm doing I'm the hard work here now. I'm hams. Like y'all yeah. don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Before you're too much out. Out. 25 years from now, man. Yeah. Man, when people reopen this basement, they're going to have so much good ham. Yeah. Don't be jealous of 25 year olds. Like you can't even hang ham until you're 25. <laughs> like that's when it starts. Maybe that's why I'm stressed out is because when I was 25, I didn't hang any ham for uh, later. You know what? So now I'm like, uh, I should be reaping all the ham benefits. Sometimes there's ham hanging that you didn't even know you hung. Isn't this, podca- <laughs> isn't this podcast sort of like ham we hung where we started, you know, read it and weave about what 15 years ago 10 years ago uh, 12 years ago. five years ago yeah <laughs> i don't know it was a long time, time. time. 45 years took place in the last three months that's true yeah, right, exactly. yeah. it was like i've been in my apartment for probably two years straight i don't know right right so what you're saying is this is prosciutto yes Carbon this is out. the best this is what happens when you plant a ham 10 years ago it comes out like this don't cook yeah. it please Do not you should definitely it. not cook it or definitely cook it and it'll be incredible so just you know those are the, those are the pieces of advice 
if you don't if you're gonna cook it to be broken do it great yeah um that's all right well that's fun i we have so much to look forward to next week i think this is going to be an excellent finale i have a lot of reason to be happy i don't know if i can find it in my heart to be happy for anybody but melissa but if i if i can i will if i need to i will try to rally Um, i'm gonna be so happy i think i think the food is gonna be so good yeah that's i mean that's all i ever want it's just i want the finale to be incredible food and the other the other like the one other like little doom thing we get is just stephanie saying she thinks she played a little too safe um which if you cook incredible food that's also a little safe um i will be very happy so i understand that won't be great for like you might not win with that but i would just be happy to see you doing things you love like she's made pasta twice in italy and they've both times have been really positive so she's just and she did it because she likes making pasta so if you're safe because you're doing something you like i will be fine with that that seems fine yeah go do it um Mm -hmm. all of this and more coming up on next week on the season finale of season 17 of top chef you guys any any last tiny miniature bold predictions or is it too late for tom to come back and win (laughs) never too late (laughs) tom shows up he's just like he takes off his weird jacket and hat and is like i've been meaning to do this for 17 years jumps in the kitchen yeah i feel it's not too late for him to actually do it but it's too late for us to enjoy it it feels like Oh, right now it's a little mean it it, it would feel like uh it would show producer tom in a whole new light um (laughs) but i i think that uh he definitely can it's on the table still it's on the table well if, if it happens we'll definitely talk about it next week i thank you everybody for writing and thanks for hanging out with us we will talk to you next week um thanks for being here thanks for hanging out with me megan thank you and for handling the mailbag thanks for being here chris and tanya toodle bye (laughs) <laughs> and thanks for being here as and sarah thank you thank you um and and sarah and kyle it's great yeah. hangs thank you we'll talk, uh real we'll, quick before we go can we plug something yes uh, yeah. is it kyle's birthday no. it is not kyle's birthday um oh, okay obviously there's so many places uh where you can give your money and support right now but i really wanted to turn everyone's attention to the okra project if you don't know about it uh, i don't know about it it's uh an organization that provides home cooked meals to the black trans community and they're mm. totally donation based. They're really cool. Um, I highly encourage you guys to look them up. That's awesome. I, I'll throw a link in our show notes to that as well. Thanks. That's a good idea. All right. Um, yeah. The, the, with that, we'll talk to everybody next week. Take care. Goodbye. Where is it? There it is.